podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dysonomics Podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic bank holiday weekend and Easter period as you are, I'm about to say reading, you know, as you are listening to this. First things first, make sure you check out last week's episode. Episode 45, The Chancellor Crisis, Rishi's tax dodging wife. That was me going through a rough week for Rishi Sunak who unfortunately had his green card status revealed and obviously his wife had a non-domicile tax status so to find out what that means and how she's saving money on tax and how it's perfectly legal from what people can see so far and some of the strange COVID dealers regarding to some of the companies Rishi's wife has ties to and how that was giving him a bit of a political nightmare make sure you check out last week's episode episode 245 now this week we are moving away from politics well kind of politics but it's really focusing on young people not just young people actually student finance we're talking about student finance and why is that well there was an announcement this week of the student finance student loan repayments going up for those on plan two and this increase was pretty pretty significant so you have that to look forward to. I'm going to get into that right now. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Hello, welcome back, people, to another episode. And we are talking student finance. Really, we're talking student loan, shall I say. And the increase that we have seen this week, which has rattled a lot of people and just like another long list of things that are going up in price. But before we talk on what's happened this week, we have to have some form of background understanding. What is student finance? What are the different types? How much is it? How do you pay it? How you paid it? How do you repay student loans? How much it costs? When do you start repaying it? So on and so forth. So let's start at the top. What is student finance? Well, it's simple being able to borrow money for university or college tuition fees and to help with living costs. You may, you may be able to get extra on top if you're from a low income family, if you are disabled or if you have children. So pretty straightforward. This is effectively a loan that you receive and sometimes you get free money on top from the government with, to help you and assist you with studying and your living costs alongside it. I went to university between the years of 2008-2011. I received student finance. I had to fill out a student finance form and I received that. You get two types of initiatives. You have your maintenance loan and your tuition loan. So the tuition loan is the loan you get from the government, from student finance to pay your tuition fees. And you get the maintenance loan, which is main the source of income for majority of students. You use it to pay for your rent, your bills, your food. And if you're like me, <laughs> trips to shopping centers, buying a header trainers, header drip, all types, going nights out, everything. <sighs> the days. <laughs> the way my student finance used to run up by like week four, yeah, of the 11 week semester was mad. By week 11, <sighs> I was running on fumes, Indomie vibes. 
Okay. You apply for your maintenance loan with a similar process you apply for your tuition loan. You end up actually paying for these back at the same time, which of course we'll get into later. Maintenance loans are actually paid directly into your bank account. You get three almost identical payments each year. I think the third one is a bit larger because it helps you deal with the summer. Like you may have a tenancy agreement that runs through the summer and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I remember my first year because I was in student accommodation. Um, my student finance, my maintenance loan, after I paid for my accommodation, I had like a hundred pounds left over or something like that. I, I can't remember, but I didn't have much left over. But luckily I worked in the summer. I saved up some cash to take me to uni, which kind of helped me in the first semester, but it was rough. It was definitely rough. So yeah, money gets dropped into your Monzo, your Barclays, your Starling, your HSBC, NatWest, Lloyd's, Santander, whatever bank account you have, you get it straight into your pocket three times, obviously at the start of each semester. Your tuition um, fee goes straight to university. So that, so that stops any mishaps of you potentially blowing your tuition fee and to stop like the university actually go around chasing you for their money. It goes straight to them, no wahala. To obtain a maintenance loan, you have to fulfill a particular criteria. First and foremost, your university or college or any type of institution will have to be a recognized or listed one. This isn't as complicated as it sounds. It's just reality. Most universities and colleges are covered. In addition to this, the course you enroll in must fall under the pretty extensive list of qualifying courses supported by supported by the government, supplied by the government, sorry. So you have to go to a place that is recognized by the government and you must be studying the course that is supplied by the government, which makes sense because if the government are going to give you a loan to take a course it has to be something that's verified by them it can't just be any run-of-the-mill i just created a new union course has been verified by nobody that wouldn't make no sense most undergraduate courses are recognized and eligible for funding but there are only some different criteria if you're studying part-time students on most courses at most unis are eligible for maintenance loans in principle, you're only really meant to receive a maintenance grant for the first time you enter higher education. But if you've previously started a course and you had to drop out, you may actually still be eligible to receive some bread. Similarly, if you're um, resitting a year at the same institution, you may also be eligible for maintenance loan. This is because, as a rule, all students are eligible for funding for the number of years of the course they're applying for plus one extra year. So if you previously studied and you're applying for a maintenance loan or separate course, you need to subtract the number of years you previously studied from this figure to find out how many years you're eligible for. So if you've gone for the full three years, you're going to only be eligible for one year to the finance. Sorry, guys. The exception to this rule, though, is if you're dropping out for compelling personal reasons, in which case you could have been eligible for funding for all your course, regardless of how long you've previously studied for. These are tend to be serious reasons, like seriously illness, not like, yo, like, man wanted to study law, but I didn't know that I have to get bare books and that, so I want to go do computer science instead. Like, nah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it. And the final criteria is if you're already completed degree, you could still be eligible for funding. And this actually only really applies for minority of students. Um, so those who are topping up a qualification for four honors degree or stuff like that. The only age restrictions though, come to play if you're over 60. 
the likelihood of somebody at that age going to university is pretty pretty low. I don't remember seeing any six year olds knocking about in a student in a student um what do they call it? It's the student union. I can't remember what they call that places where all the students used to show apart from me. But yeah. That is the that is the gist of if you can what you need to be able to apply for certain loan. So what about the size of the maintenance loan? Well, the size of this loan will depend on three main factors. Whether you're where you in the UK you're from. So each country within the UK has its own funding body for students. You apply to the body in the country you're normally living. Two, whether you'll be living at home or not. Obviously, if you're not living at home, you're going to need to pay rent. You're going to not going to be supported. You're not going to have like household expenses patterned for you, food, all that type of stuff. That makes sense. And, and finally, your household income. Students from households with higher income receive less generous funding package um, from student finance bodies, while the more poorer backgrounds receive the most generous support. Depending on UK where you're in, this could determine how big your maintenance loan and how big your maintenance grant if you're entitled to. So that makes sense. You like if your family are millionaires, well, why are you getting the same potential loan as somebody whose family who might not be well off? So I was looking at the maintenance loans in England 2022, 2023. Um so if so this is like if your household is earning twenty-five thousand or less, and that's the lowest um threshold, if you're living at home, you can get eight thousand one hundred and seventy-one up to eight thousand one hundred and seventy-one pounds. If you're away from home and you're staying outside of England, outside of London, sorry, you can get £9,706 a year. And if you're away from home and you're studying in London, so like let's say you're from Manchester and you're studying at Queen Mary University and you're, you're living there, you can get 12600 a year. And I want to go to like the highest salaries, Brown. So if your household income is over £70,022, um, if you're living at home, you, the maximum a year you can get is 3,597 quid. If you're away from home, but outside of London, the most you can get is 4.5K. And if you're in London, you get 6.3K. So that's, and obviously everything else is in the middle. So that gives you like a ballpark figure of how much maintenance loan you are eligible for depending on your household income. Guys, we've seen so many people make red ridiculous money from crypto some of them are friends they're not bringing me in i might happy about that but did you know is it also easy for you to do the same the copy my crypto membership site shows you the coins that youtuber james mcmahon personally holds and allows you to copy him it's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing you don't need to know a thing about crypto or to invest you simply just do what he does kind of like my little brother they just copy me everything i wear they copy all the music i listen to they copy now they're seen as the cool kids it's a scam. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship has over 17,000 subs and over a million views. Since March 2020, he has told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put a hundred bucks into each one, you will now be worth over $66,000. I don't know why James didn't hit me up himself. <laughs> of the 26 coins, his pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times for when he said. 440 times. Bloody hell. That one call alone has retired a couple people, including people in their 20s and 30s. 
remember, this is public knowledge. You can go on YouTube and verify this yourself. So don't think that this is a big scam. You can go check. Um, so if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then what you need to do is to stop what you're doing and head over instantly to copy my crypto. That's copy mycrypto.com forward slash Disu. So the fact you listen to Disunomics, you know what Disu. That's D I S U. You'll not only find proof of everything I said, but my listeners get full access for just a dollar. Which is like, what, 75p? If you listen in the UK, easy peasy. You won't find this anywhere else. You won't find this offer anywhere else, but you need to move quick because this offer ends soon. You can't come and DM me on Instagram or Twitter. Oh my God, this offer's gone. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash D-I-S-U. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash D-I-S-U. Don't take this offer lightly. He's a real deal. Go visit the site right now, ASAP. Interest rates on the loans is very important because obviously this is a loan. Like the government is not just giving us free cash, although there are some things you can apply for to get free cash. This is a loan. What does a loan mean? This is money given to you free to pay back or something's been given for you that you are to hold for a particular period of time. You have to return at some point, right? And this money, it's meant to be returned. Usually on loans, unless it's from the bank of mom and dad and if that's if your parents are nice enough there is an interest rate so that's the price of borrowing effectively so that's the what's the lender is charging to make borrowing you the money worthwhile right in this case this is student finance the interest rate on loans this was before the news <laughs> was anything up to 4.5 percent so you pay 4.5 percent interest on top of the loan so if you borrow 100 quid, you pay back £104.50. Simple as. But if you graduated, your interest uh, will be between 1.5% and 4.5%, depending on how much you're earning. Yeah, and we'll get into this in a bit more detail in a bit. You start paying, but you don't... So popular misconception, yeah, when people talk about loans, especially, this is especially in my time, so I'm not sure now I'm not student, I'm not sure... If it's the same, people used to act like student loans were like, oh, you 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 take out this loan for your maintenance and your tuition, and the moment you graduate, do you know what I mean? At that time, the primary source was David Cameron, so I used to be like, what, do you lot literally think that David Cameron just knocks at your door, like demanding the money, like bailiffs? Like, no. Like, the way you pay student finance, your student loans, is almost, it's a tax, basically. It comes out of your pay packet automatically. You don't have to go and submit something or set up a direct debit or whatever and you don't pay it straight away it's not like you leave uni and then they're just taking money from your account every month no is they take money from your pay and that's after you start to earn above a particular threshold so here are the thresholds so there's two student loan plans right there's a plan one and plan two which i'll get in get more i can't even speak <laughs> i'll go into more detail about it in a second students from england and wales who have a plan two loan they start paying back student um their student loan if they start earning twenty seven thousand two hundred ninety five pound a year or 524 pounds a week before tax right that's the barrier as soon as you hit that amount anything above boom you start to pay tax i mean your student loan back and students um and then students from um north england and north ireland and blah 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 plan one loans no students from north ireland um, with plan one loans they start paying it back at twenty thousand pounds 
20,195 pounds. Now, I mentioned the two different loan plans, plan one and plan two, yeah? Let's start with plan one loan. Plan one loan is a taking out a loan for your student finance, student um, for your student financing, financing, I'm speaking complete jazz today, sorry people, in England and Wales between September 1998 and August 2012. So as I said before, I started between um, 2008, 2011. So I have a plan one loan. These actually had lower tuition fees. Like my tuition fee was three grand. I know in 2012, um, Nick Clegg and David Cameron, the coalition government of the Conservative Party as well as Liberal Democrat Party, tripled tuition fees in 2012 from 3,000 to 9,000 pounds per year, which sucks. So yeah, plan one, September 1998 to 2012, that was, we benefited from lower tuition fees. We benefit from having student grants and student grants and other free cash. There's so many other things that you could apply for my uni for free money. I can't, I can't remember for the life of me, but people get like extra five, six bills for free each year. The advantage to the, the people on the plan one have is that because your tuition fees are less, you actually borrow less money and also you probably you're likely to have less interest than people on plan two the interest rate on plan one is usually set each september and it's whatever is lowest between either the rpi which is the retail price index so not the consumer price index which i spoke about on my inflation pods a few hours ago this is the retail price index um so, so let's say it's for this year let's say september 2022 what we're paying back on plan one will be set by what the RPI is for March that year or the Bank of England base rate plus 1%. So whichever one's lower. So let's say the RPI is 5% and the base rate for interest rates from the Bank of England is 2%. You do 2% plus 1%, which makes 3%. And because 3% is less than 5%, you pay that one. But let's say the RPI for whatever reason is minus one percent we're having deflation and then the and interest rates are one percent and then you do the one percent plus one it's two percent you you effectively repay negative interest which not which is never going to happen so i don't even know why i said that but anyway forget that <laughs> that was a terrible example um but yeah whichever is lower either the retail price index from march or the bank of england interest rate plus one percent plan one plan one loan interest rates it's the same whether you're studying or you have graduated and it isn't affected by how much you earn either. It stays the same. If you start studying in the 2005 to 2006 academic year or earlier, your plan one student loan will be written off when you turn 65. But if you start uni in the 2006 or seven academic year or later, your plan one student loan will be written off for 25 years. So for myself, my student loan will be written off in the year 2037 or some shit like that. Um, yeah. Now, plan two loans. Students which took out loans after 2012 in England and Wales are on plan two. These loans have to pay more in fees, but they'll also charge more interest. Um, as I said, remember, their tuition fees are nine grand. But the repayment threshold is higher meaning they're lower repayments and the debt is also counted over 30 years so 
the amount of money you're earning, the, the amount of money you have to earn before you start paying back your plan two loan is actually higher than the threshold that you have to start paying back your loan for plan, plan one. While studying and until April after you've left your course, the interest rate of your student loan is at the retail price index plus 3%. So if the retail price index is 2%, what you'll be paying as you, um, the interest generated on the loan as you're studying and until the April after you left your course will be 6% because it's free, the retail price index are free plus 3%. The RPI rate is usually set every September using the rate for March of the same year. The RPI in March 2021, last year, was 1.5%. So ordinary, so ordinarily, from September 2021 to August 2022, your student loan would have occurred at interest rate of 4.5%, which is what it was as I was reading out to you earlier. The RPI rate is usually set every September using the rate for March. Simple. After graduating, the interest rate on your student loan is set to the RPI plus anything between zero to 3% depending on your earnings. So if your earnings are very, very low, it will be closer to 0%. If they're quite high, it will be closer to 3%. Um, so here's the, here's the um, rate. If you earn, so here's a threshold. If you're earning 27,295 pound or less, the interest rate you pay is strictly just the retail price index. So whatever it is, if RPI is three percent, you pay just that. If you earn twenty, if you earn over twenty-seven thousand two hundred ninety-five pound, is the RPI plus a percentage up to three percent? The added percentage will start low and rise in line with whatever you're earning. It stops increasing when you start earning more than forty-nine thousand one hundred thirty pounds, which are, which at that point is capped at three percent. So effectively. If you earn 27,295 pounds or less, the interest rate is on that loan is simply just whatever the retail price index is. So in this, let's use this example of 3%. 27K or less, the interest on your, on your student loan is 3%. If you earn 49,130 pounds or more, the interest rate is capped at the retail price index, which is 3% plus 3%, which is 6%. I hope that makes sense. So that's how student financing works, right? The student loan repayment works. What actually happened? Well, they announced that student loan repayments <laughs> will rise from 4.5% to 12% for our high owners. 12 fucking percent. Due to the rise inflation, lower earners' interest rates jump from 1.5% to nine percent, one point five percent to nine percent. So people who are who are earning a bit less are still going to be paying nine percent interest on their student loans. This is impacting students who have the plan two, right? So it does. Fortunately for me, it doesn't impact me because I'm on plan one. But all the people on plan two, so people who got student financing from 2012 onwards, unfortunately, this is kicking you in the butt. So why is this happening? This is due to the ridiculous level of inflation we're currently witnessing in the UK economy. The RPI measurement of inflation in March was 9%. So we had an RPI of 9%. The CPI was what, 6.2% or some shit like that. Lower earners charged a March RPI rate of 
and the higher earners will be charged a March RPI plus 3%, which is 12%. So students earning more than £49,000, £130, will be charged 12% in September after previously being charged 4.5%. So before you're paying 4.5% interest on your loan, a few months later, 12%? All right, that's wild. So if we look at the typical student loan balance of 50K, a high, so that means you have £50,000 worth of your student loan outstanding to pay that. So you have £50,000 of student loan debt to pay back. A high earning graduate will incur three, an extra three grand in interest in six months, three times more than recent graduates would have repaid during that time. That's bonkers. That's completely out of hand. The maximum student loan interest rate is expected to fall between 7 and 9% in March 2023, when a cap of interest will kick in. Before dropping to a predicted 0% in September 2024, before rising again to 5% by March 2025. When I was reading this, like, this is confusing. Why is the student financing, um, the student interest rates for repayment doing Nalinga, doing Hello Yo Yo? The IFS, which is the Institute of Fiscal Studies, said that these wild swings in interest rates come from the combination of high inflation and introduction of the interest rate cap, which takes half a year to come into effect. So we're seeing, okay, cool, we're getting the interest rate cap, which should reduce the interest on the loans that students will be paying. But because of the high inflation we're seeing now, it's in the short term is dramatically increasing the interest paid back on the loan from students. What's kind of crazy is that students who are aiming for high earning graduate jobs when they graduate can actually save £20,000 in low repayments if they delay university entry from a year, while middle earners will face £30,000 more over their lifetime, according to new analysis by the IFS. The IFS analysis highlights how the government student loan changes in England, which come to effect next year, have drastically tilted repayments in favour of highly paid graduates. Students on courses such as medicine, economics, law, computer science, which can lead to lucrative careers, would benefit by, by taking loans under the new format in 2023 because of the lower rates of interest charged due to the cap. This is just a mess. This is just a mess. A complete and utter mess. I can't believe they're doing this to the people, to the students and, and uh, graduates. It's absolutely insane on top of increasing cost of living, i.e. inflation, on top of pandemic, recovery from the pandemic. It's just a farce. Welfare is going up 3.8%. Food goes up every month by certain percentages. We're paying more NI. It's just an absolute farce. If you st so what about the people who are like me? The people who uh, are plan one loaners, so people who start university between 1998 and 2001, or those who are Scottish or Irish or Northern Irish, the interest rate we we are currently charged is 1.5 percent, and it's likely to stay that way. This is because it's based on whichever rate is lowest out of the RPI or the Bank of England base rate. Remember, I said whichever rate is lower, and the base rate currently is 0.5 percent. So you pay 0.5 percent plus one percent. The Bank of England is not going to rise interest rates in the considerable future anywhere near to what the RPI is. 
so we're never seeing <laughs> them type of payments that the unfortunate people who are on student loan to repayments are. These student loans are being repaid once graduates earn over £20,195 per year or £25,375 for Scottish students. If you start university before 1998, and I remember one of my family friends, she was telling me how she studied university. She went to university and them times, I think she went to work for KPMG and it wasn't the whole um, assessment center, 85 stages to get a grad grad scheme for KPMG. She simply sent CV and cover letter and had two interviews. And I think her student loan was like just over a grand. So fun times for her. The current interest rate for people who start university before 1998 is 1.5% and could increase to 9% from September, which is wild. (laughs) It's based on March RPI or the prevailing market rate figures alone. Repayments are made from graduates earning £36,285 per year. So the repayment threshold is significantly higher, but the chances are if you've graduated and took out a loan before that period of time the amount of time you spent in the workforce is over 20 years so you're likely to be on a slightly higher earnings than everybody else so yeah that's it man i think this is absolutely outrageous i think it's a farce and i think they need to i think students should absolutely lose their shit and i think the people who are paying back this um learn to learn to should lose their shit because this is out of hand but yeah that's it for this week's pod please let me know until next week peace and blessings sports social podcast network